Hello and welcome to the Quietly Visible podcast. I'm your host, Carol Stewart, founder of The Bounding Solutions and author of Quietly Visible, leading with influence and impact as an introverted woman. And this is the podcast for introverted women who want to thrive as leaders and in life. Now, today's episode is a recording of a LinkedIn Live audio event that I hosted called Changing the Narrative about Introversion in the Workplace. Um, I had a great panel of speakers um, and we talked about what organisations and leaders can do to change the narrative about introversion and to make our workplaces more introvert uh, friendly or more inclusive to introversion, as well as um, tips about what introverted people can do if they are facing challenges because of their introversion. Um, and there are many of our work practices which are unfavorably biased towards introversion, um, things like meetings, interviews, brainstorming, networking and more. And extroversion is seen as the ideal. And it's often the case that the ones who shout the loudest are the ones who get heard, get the recognition, get the reward and get ahead. Whilst the quieter ones get overlooked. And research supports this and shows that extroverts get more opportunities at work because their performance is more visible. And research also shows that 37% of workers report being treated negatively due to their introversion, and this rises to 49% in self-identified introverts. So joining me for this discussion, I had um, some wonderful speakers. I had Pete Mosley, Mildred Talabi, Brian Johnson, and Yinka Iruola. And LinkedIn doesn't have a record facility for their audio event so this has been recorded out separately um, and I've uploaded it to the podcast because there were many people who wanted to attend who couldn't attend live so that you can still get to listen to the conversation. So the, the recording may not be pitch perfect but you will be able to hear it hopefully clearly and get the gist of what we talked about. So I will ask the panel to introduce themselves and I'll just go in with the order that you appear on my screen. So first, I have Pete Mosley. Hello, and it's a pleasure to be here this afternoon. Um, I'm a specialist in working with quiet people and I feel it's a slightly broader um, subset of people than, than those who identify as introverts, extroverts, or ambiverts. Um, I've worked with quiet people, I work with the people that work with and lead quiet people, and I work with people who live with and love quiet people. And part of the angle that I take on this is that there are many, many more causes of quiet behaviour than simply introversion. Um, and I look around me and find all sorts of reasons why people are either quiet by nature, um, quiet through force of circumstance, something that's happened in their lives is, is quieting them down, or quiet in the moment in response to things that are going on around them in their daily lives. Um, author of two books, The Quiet Person's Guide, which was published about six weeks ago and is on Kindle, and The Art of Shouting Quietly, which I published in 2015. 
Um, but I'm very pleased to be here and joining in this discussion because I very much share your view, Carl, that quiet people and introverts get a bad deal in the workplace. So I'm glad to add my voice to anything that improves their lot. Thank you, Pete. Um, next, I have Yinka. Hi, uh, Carol, thank you so much for having me. Um, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Yinka Ewala. Um, I'm a coach, uh, consultant and strategist. Um, I support women in business uh, to build thriving and profitable businesses while living full, fabulous and nourishing lives. Um, and so I focus on the things that really move the needle for both the business and the business owner. Um, in the business sphere, um, my focus is supporting them around cash and cash flow. And in the business owner sphere, that is very much around mindset and energetics. Um, and as um, highlighted, I absolutely am introverted, um, have been uh, long before I, I knew um, what to call it or how to um, characterise it. Um, but I'm definitely also minded to change um, and really clarify the definition of introversion um, because it is often conflated um, with things that don't necessarily go together like shyness, like social awkwardness, um, and that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. So I'm really excited to be here, um, Carol, and thank you so much for having me uh, join the panel today. Thank you, Yinka. And yes, there are so many misconceptions about introversion. Introversion doesn't mean shy, lacking confidence, socially awkward or anything like that. Um, next, I have Brian. Hi, Carol. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I mean, I, I spend my time really working with uh, people in, in the workplace, particularly the start of the career, who are struggling as an, as an, an introvert to to pro progress as they want. I think, I mean, my background, apart from being quite introverted, I do have a stutter which always seems to, to help, always seem to help, 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 hold me, hold me back. Um, it's just the way things, people uh, perceive who you are. And it's, I, I know I struggled for a long, and. and a long time to, to find the success I want, trying to be what I'm not. And I really love sharing my experience with other people and helping them find the, the happiness that they want and changing their work, how they experience work to, to feel that much happier in, in it. <coughs> Thank you, Brian. And next is Mildred. Hi, hi. Good afternoon. So um, what I do is I specialize in helping women, female leaders in particular, to increase their influence, income and impact through being visible on LinkedIn. So another way of saying that is I help women build personal brands on LinkedIn. I'm a LinkedIn personal branding coach, speaker and trainer. And um, I've written a number of books, including my most um, recent one, which is tied into LinkedIn. And it's called Start Being Visible. Because my mantra is all about getting us people and women in particular to start being visible, to take center stage in your own life and really show up and show people what you're about and make an impact in that way. Now, um, the whole introversion discussion is so interesting to me because um, as I've told, shared with Carol in the past, it when I, I it was as a full grown adult that I realized I understood the word introvert. And it was from watching Susan Cain's TED Talk, um, which some of you may have heard, 
which is, and then I went on to read her book, Quiet, The Power of Introverts in the World That Can't Stop Talking. And I literally cried. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, for the first time in my life, I feel understood, you know? And people have loads of misconceptions about introvert as, as the rest of the panel have already shared, including saying things like, but Mildred, how can you be an introvert? And you go live on LinkedIn and you do speaking engagements and you do all of that stuff. Yes, but I also like to recharge my batteries on my own. So I'm very passionate um, about helping people to really understand what being an introvert is about and, and how we can make the workplace a better place for them. So really looking forward to this conversation today. Great, thank you. What a very interesting panel we've got all with great experiences. So please think, have your questions ready. So when it's time to, um, when we open up the floor and invite you up to ask questions, have your questions ready. Um, and this is this session is all about looking at what we can do to change the narrative around introversion in the workplace. This week on my podcast, Quietly Visible, um, I interviewed, interviewed a CEO uh, based in the US um, extroverted CEO, but she recognised that a high percentage of her employees were actually introverted, but and she recognised that they weren't really contributing um, and they weren't getting the best out of them. Um, and that caused her to do a lot of reflecting on, on what why that was. And so every, they got everybody to complete some sort of an assessment to identify where their strengths were, what their preferences were, etc. And as a result of that, they are now able to review how they their, their work practices, how they conduct things, so that everybody feels included, so that everybody's voices get um, heard. So to the panel, what should leaders be doing to make workplaces more inclusive for introverts? So who would like to go first with that question? Um, I'm can... happy to... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Pete. I'll, I'll go after yeah. you. Yeah, th okay, thanks very much. Yeah, I'm quite happy to um, to lead a little on, on this aspect of it. I've been working on a long-term kind of action research project over the last two and a half years with some fairly big organisations, um, helping them understand that if introverts are underperforming, sometimes it's much more about the culture than it is about the individual. Um, and folk tend to underperform if they're quiet or introverted um, because they just find it difficult to elbow their way into the noise and the cut and the thrust of traditional business meetings. So we've been looking at, at finding ways of changing culture to take into account the fact that introverts and quiet people tend to process information more slowly and restructuring planning for the running of and the follow-up to meetings, uh, for example, to create more time and space for, for quieter people to really contribute, have the space to do their deep thinking uh, and contribute to the debate before the decisions made. Because I'm sure people are familiar with that introvert feeling of getting to the end of a meeting where a decision has been made and feeling that you still need more time to think about it. So I would lead with, with we need culture change rather than uh, kind of pressurizing individuals to behave like extroverts. And and I would agree with that. Um, the cultures need to change, the environments need to change, not the introverts need to change. I you constantly hear people saying that you know introverts should act more extroverted, but why is that? That shouldn't necessarily be the case. But you 
I've never heard somebody say, oh, extroverted people should act more introverted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Yinka? Um, yeah, I would definitely um, start by saying that I think it's really important um, for everyone to get a better understanding of what introversion is and isn't. Um, I, I think Pete's point about the need for culture change is, is um, very accurate and I think it would be really helpful. But one thing that I find over and over again is people don't really understand what introversion means um, and how it works and how it shows up. And so as a result of that, um, they create, um, as Pete highlighted, cultures, but also they create systems, they create uh, schedules, timetables, they create reward, uh, promotion, retention systems that benefit um, extroversion. Um, and the reason they benefit extroversion is because they they tap into um, things that are, are e that are more easily seen and more easily identified. And um, as you rightfully, um, I feel, said, Carol, I don't think that, that <clears throat> this is about calling um, introverts to be more extroverted, but I think it's important to recognise that not all introverts are uh, necessarily shy. Um, as uh, Pete highlighted, uh, quiet and um, introversion don't always go together. But more importantly, that that what introverts have to bring to the table is a is a different uh, and incredibly valuable, uh, rich set of skills, uh, way of thinking and way of being um, that will that creates um, a richness in the tapestry of a workplace. If a if a work culture is fully focused on extroversion and more face contact and more time together and more and more and more, like even the extroverts are going to burn themselves out. And so I think it's really important that we first have a really clear picture and understanding of what introversion is, that it doesn't uh, preclude, you know, uh, being amazing at leadership, being amazing at public speaking, being amazing at visibility. Um, and then we think about how we enable introverts to thrive um, in workspaces that often uh, didn't have them in mind at all. Yes. I love that. And I, I totally, totally agree with um, what both Yinka and Pete have just said. It's about that whole understanding of what is an introvert and, and what isn't and limiting it to just introverts are shy and don't like people is like the worst thing you could ever do. You know, and I think for me, with the whole Susan Cain thing and understanding that it's, it's a lot of it's to do with energy levels and how we get charged and recharged. I think one of the worst things that offices did for introverts is introduce open plan offices. You know, I, I remember going into a, a workplace many, many years ago. And at the time I was joining the organization, um, um, manager kind of level. And my director above me gave me the choice. He said, okay, do you want your own office or do you want to be part of the open plan office and have a desk in there? everything in me literally had to fight the urge to have my own office because that's what I really wanted to do. But I knew that the culture was very kind of, we all sit together, open plan and talk to each other nonstop and you can't get any work done kind of um, culture. So I, I went through the, I went for the open plan, but I, I found that in that time, I had to find spaces during the day where I could just escape and not be around people. 
and that meant eating lunch on my own because it's like I'm I can't recharge if I'm constantly around people. So I do think a lot of offices have to look at the fact that open plan offices might work really nicely for extroverts, but it's not ideal for a lot of introverts who need that quiet time or just that space alone to just recharge their batteries. Thanks for that, Mildred. And yes, the open plan office for many introverts, that's their worst nightmare. Um, and 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 research even shows that even extroverts don't particularly like open plans offices. And, and the, the reason yeah. why they were introduced um, is not necessarily having the effect that um, they want that was wanted. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking. When we think about introversion and extroversion, there's obviously we people people are on a scale, so it's never always one or the other. But it is about you know, it's about as you said, having it's having a workplace which meets the needs of everybody. I mean, I've worked in open plans office, which was really stressful. Um, for, for, for me, I, I once worked with the kitchen and photocopy right behind me, and that was a total stressful environment. I would completely zone out you could stand next to me and I wouldn't hear you because I'd had to switch off listening because the noise was too much and it was really unproductive so it's really thinking about people's preferences for the work environment when you're structuring a workplace where they will work best and mm -hmm. recognizing the, the simple differences um, and and just picking off on the thing about being on meetings it's it's very important that you know, when you're having meetings that there are, you know, you have clear agendas in advance, people know what's going to happen and they have opportunity to engage, engage before the meeting to answer, ask any questions. So the meetings are one, uh, more productive and shorter and two, that everyone feels engaged with the process. With the process. Sorry, I'm losing my voice today. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you, Brian, for that. Um, yeah, and, and I would just sort of echo what everybody has said. The uh, the way that the the workplaces are sort of set up, or many workplaces that is, is is that uh, has been has mentioned that they're they're more sort of geared towards the people who have that preference for being able to think and process their thoughts whilst they're speaking, whereas people who are introverted typically think and process the information and then speak so if we look at things like meetings interviews brainstorming there's a lot of that being put on the spot and being asked to respond straight away which doesn't allow for that thinking and reflective time or that thinking and processing the information and then giving an opinion that many introverted people need um, and as been said people getting a better understanding of what introversion is and what it isn't and understanding yeah. that it's not about introverts being shy, being lacking confidence, not wanting to speak up, not liking public speaking or any of that. So um, thank you for that. So how do we shift the narrative so that introversion is valued in the workplace? Who wants to go first with that? I think there's some interesting things coming up in this discussion. The first thing is, it's almost an ideal time to be bringing this situation to the fore and, and asking for open discussion around it. The whole debate about the return to the workplace post-pandemic means that thing, people are thinking very hard 
about the pros and cons of remote working uh, and working back in the office again. So it's almost like the agenda is wide open for us as introverts to, to leap in and say, well, hold on, while you're discussing that, there's something really, really important here that you need to be paying attention to in any redesign that might take place uh, in terms of what the workplace looks like in the future. I think the other thing is that understanding the science of the difference between introverts and extroverts can often help um, managers and leaders get to grips with the fact that it's not just about people under underperforming, it's about the fact that their brains work differently, the brain chemistry is differently organised, and that impacts the kind of processing time that's involved. And once they get a handle on the chemistry and, and the fact that it's not just people being awkward or peculiar, it can lead to a fair old shift in their understanding of the need to make uh, proper adjustments uh, so that people can contribute in a way that matches their personality and their behaviours rather than being forced into the, the role of, of extrovert um, and speaking up in a way that isn't uh, natural to them. Yeah, and um, one of the thanks to that, Pete, one of the things that I do when I do my workshops and webinars to organisations around um, the topic of introversion is talk through um, what it is and what it isn't and as you talk about the the science behind it and um, and how introversion and extroversion exist along a continuum so you know and we all have a preference as to where we fit along there and it all that also depends on the environment and the situation in as to the sort of behaviours that we may exhibit um, and it's recognising that introverts are more concerned with things which are internal to the mind, um, whereas as extroverts, they're more about things which are external to the mind. So being in environments where there's a lot of external activity going on can be overly stimulating for people who are introverted, whereas people who are extroverted are energised by being in those types of environments. So when um, uh, an introverted person's brain has been overly stimulated, that can drain the energy, can make you feel like you want to retreat. Um, and all that can get miscon misconstrued in the workplace as being sort of withdrawn, not engaging, lacking confidence and all those negative associations that get associated with introversion. I think um, another thing to add to that, Carol, is the idea of, of recognising that... Um, as with all types of diversity, difference brings strength. Difference brings opportunities. And so the idea of everyone needing to be the same in order for a goal to be met or for things to be achieved um, isn't, it's not, um, you know, it, it's, it's such an archaic way of thinking about things. And so one of the things that I think really will really help to shift the narrative, ironically, uh, around introversion is for um introverted voices and and people who are who who experience the world in that way to actually uh, be part of the conversation uh, so often in those uh, you know culture design um and um you know those those conversations are had um about introverts rather than with introverts and so it is done to rather than done with them um and as a result of that, it, it, it isn't fit for purpose. And so oftentimes, um, I think it's really important to enable 
um, people who experience the world in that way to be the people who are um, part of discussing the solutions, discussing the opportunities. Um, yeah. The fact is that in, in all of the spaces, um, as with all types of diversity, uh, there are benefits to those differences. Introverts bring a very different way of um, being, but also in just in the same way that the extroverts who are energized by those environments, um, you know, but they are also creating cultures that are, you know, causing and, and really exacerbating burnout. Um, and that's burning out the extroverts, let alone the introverts. Yeah. So I think it's really important that, that to recognise that, that even, you know, introverts have often been overlooked in the conversation, but what is being created isn't um, uh, helping um, or supporting extroverts um, appropriately either. And so I think yeah. it's time to broaden the... Um, the conversation to a broader set of voices um, to really hear what it is that the introverts say they need, but also recognising that what was there before wasn't helping extroverts either. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. It's not us versus them. It's not introvert versus extrovert. It's about creating safe spaces where both people can benefit within the group. Uh, spot on comment there, Yinka. Thank you. Yeah, and I, and, and I, I, I would echo that as well. It's... Um, mm. About create, it's about creating psychologically safe environments where yeah. everybody yeah. feels that their voice will be heard, that they're not going to be judged, where they feel valued as well. Yes, I think in an ideal world, all leaders should really be trained in all forms of diversity. But this is, you know, ideal world. You know, as Yinka said, introversion is another form of diversity in terms of like the differences in people, and all leaders should. If you want to be a good leader, you should seek to understand all the variety of people that work under you. And I think that key word is understanding. I mean, even taking it on a personal level, I'm an introvert married to an extrovert. You know, so when I had this big revelation of, oh, my God, this is, you know, this is what, I, what I've been missing my whole life. This is like I finally understand myself. I had to take my husband on a journey of understanding myself, too. You know, so it's a case of, no, I'm not doing moving that alone because I don't love you anymore. It's because I need my space, <laughs> you know. So that kind of stuff is it's like understanding is a real way to bridge the gap, whatever the gap is and whatever the audience is. Once we come to understand each other and want how we function and how you can get the best out of each other, everybody wins. Yeah, that's so good. As as the mother of an extrovert ch child, when he was growing up, oh gosh, that was so he was so draining <laughs> my energy. I didn't really understand then, back then, about how what the differences were. But now I know. <laughs> um, Brian, do you have anything to add to that? I think you really covered a lot of the the the, being, the key areas. We asked, um, I think it's really you have given people the courage to ask the ask the, the the, the the questions, you know, and often it's changing, fundamentally changing the way we approach a situation. You know, it's really focusing on what strengths does every individual bring to the organisation, and how do you and how are you demonstrating you value each member of staff are the key questions, and that brings on you know that's complete com the complete d diversity question is you know, seeing noticing their strengths and and the, and their value and making sure you are structuring your organisation in a way that, that that brings brings them out. Yeah, and that um, that is that is true. Rather than sort of 
expecting or expect looking at the the introverted people to be act and behave like the extroverts look at the strengths that they bring the value that they add and because we we need we need both we need all as, as um mildred was it mildred that said it about having the the diversity um of you know having that difference adds value to a, an organization because if you have everybody who's the same thinks the same acts the same looks the same you're going to end up with groupthink and that can be quite disastrous in terms of innovation creativity um, and all sorts of things so having that diversity um, um, and not just diversity in terms of gender ethnicity but diversity of thinking styles um, makes such a difference to an organization so I'm going to ask one more question of the, um, for the from, for the panel, and I'm going to open up to um, to you lot who are listening. If anybody wants to come up and ask a question, so have your questions ready. So, what advice would you give to someone who is introverted and feels like they're being held back because of it, and or they're not getting opportunities that they deserve? And who wants to go first? Can I answer this one with a, with a, with three words? Yeah. Start being visible. <laughs> this is, that is not a plug for my book. That is not a plug for what I do. But honestly, um, I, I realized for myself and I realized for the woman that I work with is, is this whole idea of if we just carry on head down and let our work speak for, our work is going to speak for ourselves. It doesn't, especially if you're an introvert and you're not, you know, you might feel like I don't have the confidence to speak out loud about what I do, but find other ways to be visible with your skills, with your talent, with your experience, with the things that you do. And places like LinkedIn is actually a really good platform to do that. Because if you start, and this is why I'm in this line of work, when you start to build a personal brand around you, and it doesn't have to be like in the same way that speech marks extroverts do it. You don't have to post a million videos, etc. You can craft really thoughtful articles and put them out there. You can have written content and put it out there. But it's just about finding a way for people to, to take what's in your head and put it on a platform that other people can see and understand and celebrate and recognize. So I think it's really key that as introverts that we don't buy into the idea that we can't be, we can't be, um, how do I best say it? It's not that we can't be extrovert because I have zero desire to be extroverted, but there are skills that we need that people generally attach to being extroverted, like being able to um, put yourself forward, like being able to speak in public. But I think if we can, if you are somebody who can harness some of those skills and start using that, start being visible and start sharing more about what it is that you do and how you do it, that can really open the door for you to be more noticed in your workplace as well as beyond um, beyond that that platform as well. Thanks for that, Mildred. And, um, so, so if I could just quickly say that there is actually a phenomenon for that um, people sort of thinking that their work will speak for itself. They call it tiara syndrome. Um, oh. And yeah, and and it, it shouldn't be like that because people's work should get recognised for what it is. But unfortunately, the, the cultures and the, the environments that we work in, the, the globalisation of, of workforces and so forth, it is the case that if you're not visible, then you, you may get overlooked. Sorry, Inka, do you want to go? 
No, no apologies needed. I just wanted to add to what uh, Mildred said there so powerfully. The fact is that um, it is an introversion that holds people back. The fact is that, you know, there are there are introverts in every walk of life. Um, you know, uh, Barack Obama um, and Michelle Obama are great examples of, of introverts. And so um, whenever you feel, the first thing I would say to someone who felt that it was introversion that was holding them back, would be to really, um, you know, to, to invite them to uh, uh, shift perspective. Introversion is it's not a curse. It's not a problem. It's not, um, you know, something that is bad. Um, it, is, it is a way of being and it's something that you get to, um, to use to your advantage. And so, um, the, so the first thing I would say is, is, is um, shift your perspective. But the second thing I would say, and this really um, fits powerfully with what Mildred just shared with us, the fact is that the idea of, and, and Carol, you, you just shared that the, the name of it is Tiara Syndrome. Um, it wasn't until I realised that, that part of the job, if you, if you were to read pretty much any job description on the planet, part of the job, is talking about the job, is letting people know about the job. And the reason why that is the case is because many people don't understand what it is that you do or how you do it or the magic that you bring to whatever it is that you're doing. So when I learned early in my career that part of the job is talking about the job, it, it really transformed the way I thought about the role as a whole and the time I dedicated to... Um, you know, it, it's often called self-promotion. It isn't self-promotion. It is the part of the job that explains um, its value to others. And so um, this is something um, that I'm often told that, you know, the extroverts um, and also there's a disparity between, you know, men and women um, and how often they spend time in that part of the role. But the fact is it's still part of the role. And so I would invite... Um, introverts to really recognize that, that there is a part of your role that is talking about it too and helping others to understand the value that you bring to an organization is part of your role within it and mm. so the only other piece of, of um, advice that I would give is that I, I'm minded in all situations I'm minded to really focus on and take radical responsibility I don't perceive that it's someone else's job or uh, role to do things for me or to make things easier for myself and uh, I, I take that responsibility on for myself so that I can then make the changes and so I would again invite introverts to think about what can you do because that's within your control that gets to change that situation who can you align yourself with Mildred gave some amazing insights about ways that you can use you know a platform like LinkedIn to really support you in your goals. Um, the fact is that it may not be easy, but I guess if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Uh, the fact that it is, isn't easy doesn't make it impossible or unattainable. It just means that you need to decide whether you're willing to do what it will take to get you whatever it is that you say that you want. Thank you for that, Yinka. And I really love how you um, phrase that self-promotion. Well, not self. it's not self-promotion. It's about talking about the part of your job is talking about the job um, and um, about explaining its value to others. And I think that is a great way of reframing it so that you don't, people don't think of it as self-promotion. So thank you for that.
Uh, Brian and Pete? Yeah, I think I'd like to amplify the thing about you're not working alone. One of the most powerful things that a quiet person can do is find other people, quiet people and collaborate with them. In any workplace, in any team, you'll find that you're not alone. There are other quiet or introverted people in there. Uh, and getting together with those people who can become your buddies um, is a very powerful thing to do because you can go to a leader or a manager as a group rather than an isolated in, in, individual and make the arguments and use the science for some change in the way that culture operates. The other thing is that it's not true that all extroverts are anti-introvert. There's many extroverts and, and more socially energised people in most teams who are very, very sympathetic towards making changes that allow quieter people to speak up because they recognise that there are some quiet superpowers sitting there untapped and superb thinking sitting there untapped and they can help you add, you know, by adding their voice into the, the debate as well. So it's not about thinking you're stuck on your own with this. You're not. There are other people, other allies that you can draw on to to create a much more powerful voice for change. Thank you for that, Pete. Very, um, very sort of, uh, really like what you said about the finding other people and collaborating with them and becoming a voice for change, I think. So thank you for that. Uh, Brian? Yeah, I mean, just really building on that, I mean, it's a, it's a, about being in, for me, it's all about being intentional of what what you want to achieve, and it's thinking about who in the organisation can help help you achieve that. So you might look for a mentor within an organisation, someone to support you, and also about thinking about the way you engage with the other people in the organisation. I always like the finding practical solutions. So if you want. You know, you want your extra manager to know what's going on, finding the, the right time, the quiet time with them to have those conversations can make all the difference. So, you know, find the few minutes one-to-one -one saying this is what's happening, this is what's going on, can be so much more powerful than, than just leaving it to the loud extra in, in, in environment. And is focusing your message on what's important to them so they know what you you are what you're doing is providing value to the company and helping them do to do their job and then they value you, you more great thanks for that so yeah the panel have shared some great stuff advice information tips um and i hope that you're all sort of absorbed what they've shared and now i'm going to open up for questions and first of all we've got susan um let me bring susan up Right. Hi, Susan. Do you want to um, ask away? Yes. Yes. Hi. Hi, Carol. Hi, Yinka and the other panel members. Um, I just happened to come across you this afternoon. Um, I wouldn't describe myself as extra as introvert normally, um, and but I am a bit of a rescuer. Um, and in groups, because I do group work as a probation officer, one of the things we're encouraged to do is to try to get the quieter people within the group to participate. I heard the tail end of, of Brian just then, and I'm just thinking, is that is that a is that welcomed 
Um, so when I do say to somebody in a group who I'm, we'll assume is possibly introverted, and I say, uh, Mary, did, did you have a view? Is that, is that a good thing? Or should I just think, well, when Mary's ready, she'll speak? Well, just wonder what people think of, of that. Right. Um, Kate, Kate. No, 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 go on. Who is that? Yeah, yeah that, that was me. I, I want I I to answer that. And I want to answer that going back to school, school days. Because um, I remember, and this is way before I even knew what being an introvert was and all of that. I remember sitting in class. I was pretty smart. I knew the answers, but I would almost never volunteer the answers. You know, you would not catch me raising my hands in class. And sometimes I had discerning teachers who would say, Mildred, what do you think? You know, and then I would give the answer because I was just terrified to put my hand up and speak, you know. So um, that was more to do with shyness as well, but and as well as a personality trait. But for me, is it welcome? I run sessions now and I facilitate um, programs and I do all of that kind of stuff. And I'm always the one that makes sure that because I can spot the other introverts who want to speak but haven't been able to for whatever reason because um, the, the more ex- the extrovert people maybe come in a bit quicker and all of that. So personally, I think it's always welcome. And I make a deliberate effort to do that when I run my sessions to include everyone's voices, not just the ones that, are, that always have their hands up because often the introverts have lots of good things to say and sometimes they just don't feel able to put themselves forward for whatever reason. So, personally, I welcome it. I'd yeah. love for to the, hear what my thank, other members think. Thanks for that, Mildred. And I, I would just add that as, if you, as long as you're not just throwing it at them and just putting them on the spot um, and expecting them to respond straight away, I think it's good, it is good to invite them in to speak, but do it in a way that just you don't just throw it at them out the blue and put them on the spot where they haven't been able to yeah. process the information. Uh, Pete, yeah. did you want to say? Yeah, I mean, I think I do, I do a lot of workshops online, for instance, that involve very large numbers of introverted and quiet people. Um, and I'm always careful to use introvert-friendly facilitation techniques because while some people will respond to the question, would you like to say something now? There are many others who positively shy away from that, either because they haven't finished thinking about it or because they don't like being put in the spotlight um, and having that gaze uh, on them. So in a group, I use a technique called virtual ball toss, where a question might be posed and then the, the participants take it in turn to to pass the parcel, as it well, were, for the next person to contribute but that person has to signal their readiness by holding their hands up to catch the ball. That way you don't get the awkward cue of virtual hands up in the top left-hand corner of the screen, nor do you get people put on the spot because they're not ready to answer. Everybody can catch the ball or catch the question in turn and respond as and when they see fit, or not at all. Uh, And there are many, many techniques like that you can use with an audience that's got a large number of introverts in it that allows them to relax a bit and contribute when they're good and ready and not to feel any pressure to do so. Great, thank you for that. I hope that's helped, Susan. Um, yes, yes, that that has helped. Um, and if I could just quickly also, I my, the second part was, 
you know, what is an introvert? I know that's a very big question. It's just that, uh, you know, you can say, I, clearly there's no, or is there a generic definition, but what is an introvert? So so introversion and extroversion, they're, um, they're personality traits um, and they're, if, if you uh, they exist along a continuum um, and it's all about how we interact and engage with the world um, and people who have the preference towards introversion they're more concerned about things which are internal to that, our minds um, and we are energized by going inwards um, and maybe being alone people who are extroverted are com more concerned about things which are external to the mind and they're more energized by external activities so they are energized by being around people and so forth but 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 different environments and situations may determine our, how our behaviors are so somebody who's introverted may be in certain environments where they they display more typical um behaviors that are associated with extroversion um, but then it, they may be in an environment where it, which is overly stimulating, it's overly stimulating their brain, um, and which drains their energy. And so they may want to retreat. So in a nutshell, that's what it is, <laughs> in a nutshell. Okay, thank you. Thank okay, you thanks. So much. Thank you. So next we've got Deborah, if you want to um, go ahead, and then it will be Temi Teo. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. It's morning here in Jacksonville, Florida. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be a part of the conversation. Um, so my name is Deborah Bell Campbell, and I help introverted career women learn how to leverage their introversion and elevate. And so what I find delightful about this conversation is like, uh, Yinka shared in the beginning is that we're actually having a conversation, the people who need to talk. So my question is to the panel, uh, if you can give a number one skill for introverted career women to move up the ladder. So we're talking about from a frontline um, leadership position to a mid-level leadership position. What would be that one skill that you think would be instrumental with them moving forward? Right, and who wants to go with that? Carol, can I um, jump into this one? Um, yeah. Deborah, thank you so much for your question. Uh, one of the most powerful skills that I developed as I moved up in my career was the skill of um, gathering the evidence. So, so many times, um, part of the challenge that introverts face is because they are uh, focused on head down, doing the work, um, the idea that the work will speak for them for itself when it doesn't. Uh, when it comes time to um, go up the career ladder, um, they are they go, um, you know, because they've done the work and they've put in all of that energy. And yet, when the time comes to have the conversation about being able to progress, um, what they are met with is, okay, great, show me the evidence. And oftentimes, because they have been doing the work, um, they haven't taken the time to gather the evidence, to uh, collate the feedback, to um, uh, uh, collate and put together the data that demonstrates the impact of their work. 
And so um, it isn't just um, valuable for introverts. I think it's valuable for anyone who is focused on career progression. But that skill of being able to gather the evidence, to go out there, um, as Pete talked about so powerfully, um, introverts, we all, every person in an organisation is surrounded and supported by others. So going out there and getting that feedback, getting people to comment and, and positively uh, cheer and champion for your work, you know, sending you those emails and gathering that, you know, so that when you go in for that, that progression conversation, it's not a matter of I did this. It's a matter of actually this is what I did and here is the evidence and the impact of my work. That, for me, was one shift that really transformed and accelerated my career progression, even though I remained introverted. Thank you for that. Anybody else want to add anything to what Inka said? I, 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 I love that. Um, was that. Was that you, Pete or Brian? I'll be, I'll be real quick just piggybanking off what Yinka said. And, and I think I'd even go back to what Yinka said earlier. Um, which I thought was a really good point um, in terms of progressing up. And it's that part of the job is talking about the job, you know? So this is where one of the things that I found um, that helped me and also that I find that helps people is like being visible. It's one thing to do the work. It's another thing for people to know the work that you do, you know, for that to be seen. And one of the ways that um, that helps you with that visibility of being seen, heard and remembered is by speaking up, you know, it's by speaking up about those experiences. I like to say to people, like I mentor a few younger people in the workplace, and one of the things I say to them is like, take every opportunity to speak that you're given, whether that's in a team meeting, whether that's in a, in a, an, I don't know, a, on a public platform, take every opportunity to speak out. Because as you do, then you're putting yourself on a platform to be seen, to be heard, to be remembered and that can open doors for you if not within your own organization it can open doors for you externally when you start practicing it outside of your organization as well so i think that's that whole skill of knowing that you know like the inca said gather the evidence but also share that evidence let other people know what you're doing because what you're doing is vital and it is important but you've got to be the one to lead and communicate about it thanks for that Mildred. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to amplify that um, by saying don't forget to use the power of other people's voices. Your own content, your own kind of ability to gather information and share it is brilliant, but it, it, it hits a limit at some point in terms of the size of your audience. When you start working actively with journalists and podcasters and bloggers um, who are interested in the topics that are dear to you, you're then getting the lever of their much larger audiences and gaining credibility through being associated with their platforms and their voices. Um, as a quiet person, I find using other people's podcasts, other people's blogs, folk who are willing to write stuff about what's dear to my heart has been an immensely powerful agent of change in my ability to spread the word about what I do. Thank you for that, Pete. Um, I hope that um, answers your questions, Deborah. Next, we have um, Temi Tayo. Hi, Carol. Hi. Hello. Um, speaking from Lagos, Nigeria, um, and I just stumbled on this. So I have a lot of questions because I'm an introvert, and um, I 
things that affected me in a lot of ways. But my two questions is, um, so being an introvert requires internalizing a lot of things. So it's like, um, personally, I, I, I introspect a lot, I think, and I mean, just all of that. But it just seems like the world's moving so fast and everybody's just moving so fast. And there's just that time, That's, that time is not given to, to, to go back and think and, you know, before acting. Um, so in that case, for an introvert, how does someone survive in this kind of, this kind of environment? Especially for working in a, a company that requires that, you know, companies that say we are fast-paced and so everything has to happen now. And there's just that time, that time is not available to, to do a little bit more thinking. And what eventually happens is, um, if a little time is given, I mean, like, okay, so let, an example is when I do that thinking, I might see a risk or something that like, like, might go wrong. And then, but at that time was not given, and maybe they've already gone into execution. In my mind, I'm like, okay, I, I knew that was going to happen, but you didn't give the chance for me to say something. That's a one question. The second question will be on visibility um, part of things. So I always want to be on LinkedIn. I want to be visible, but I get burnt out. So I post today because everything for me is like, it has to come from within. If I'm going to post anything, it has to be from within. So when I'm trying to do that and I don't get inspiration, I'm probably not going to be able to post anything because it feels like I'm just posting just anything and I don't think it will impact anyone. So. I get burnt out and then it takes maybe some days before I come back. How do I manage that when it comes to consistency? Because now it makes me feel like I've failed, I'm not consistent, and then I'm not just getting this whole visibility thing right. Thank you. Thank you for that. So who wants to um, answer Timiteo's question? Carol, can I jump in on this one just really quickly? I'm conscious of the time as well, so I'm going to have to jump at the top of the hour. Mm -hmm. um, but what I was just going to say really quickly um, is two things. Number one is, um, Temi Tyler, thank you for your question. And I, I get it um, particularly because so much of our culture in Nigeria, I am uh, Nigerian, I'm UK-based, but I'm Nigerian, we have the entire culture is, is extroverted in a very significant way. Um, and so some of the choices um, we're having to make um, is to ground ourselves. I, I have a really strong core belief um, that what is for me will never pass me by. So I, so much of the world we live in is based around FOMO and trying to force you into doing things and to move quickly and do it now. And I, I've had to really take a step back and, and decide that actually, if it's for me, I, when I'm ready to do it, I, I, it will be there. And if it isn't there, then it wasn't for me. And that has given me a lot of uh, psychological release and, and peace of mind to allow things to slip by if if I am not ready to move on it when they want me to. So that's the first thing. With respect to your job and what you were talking about in terms of the need for additional thinking time that isn't being given to you, and then you picking up on risks later on um, and, and then missing the opportunity for your valuable insights. I think that a conversation with those, um, the leaders in the organisation, I think would be really helpful because it's one thing, you know, obviously everybody's getting to know each other at the beginning. Um, I think an opportunity to speak to them and say, you know, um, this has come up, it's taken me a little bit longer to come up with this new risk, but I do see this. 
So next time, you know, I understand this time is gone. We do what we do. But next time, if you want a fuller and a more comprehensive uh, process to be engaged, then this is what I need. We are we absolutely are allowed to ask for the things that we need and to be able to speak up and say that, yes, everything is fast paced. We have to go at, you know, 10 to the dozen. But actually, um, you're missing out on opportunities here. So I, I really think an opportunity, um, a potential conversation with your managers to outline some of what you need um, could be really helpful. Um, and then just very quickly, Mildred is one of the best people you can speak to about being uh, visible on LinkedIn, dealing with burnout. Um, I will say, though, that I'm approaching a really strong um, LinkedIn posting streak myself. Um, in a week and a half, I will hit 1,000 days of posting on LinkedIn. So um, unfortunately, I can't go into all of the details now, but there are a number of ways to recognise that you always have value to offer, but you, you don't... There, you put a lot of pressure on yourself to be perfect and consistency and perfect are not the same thing. So um, we may have to continue this conversation offline, but I just really want to encourage you because you're doing great, but you're not recognising that you're doing great. And so you're, you're judging yourself really harshly. And I would invite you to change a little bit of your perspective on that. Thank you for that, Yinka. And to me, Temiteo, do reach out to Yinka. I know Yinka's got to dash um, hard on two o'clock. So do reach out to her as she's um, suggested. Um, right, so I'll take one more question and that is from Joshua. Uh, hello. Um, it's been really, uh, really interesting to listen to this, uh, this discussion. So thank you uh, to all the panel. Um, the question I have is really based around uh, taking part in conversations, uh, discussions with, with groups. Um, Many of us, you know, we, we, we recognise that we do want to or, or feel like we have something to add or to say, but that fear that it, it really grips and it can take hold and um, override the, the ability to actually participate. And sometimes the momentum of the discussion kind of gets away from you and, and at the end of it you feel a little bit dejected a bit empty that you've not been able to take advantage um, of the opportunity there. And I just wondered if the panel had uh, any tips, any uh, hints, uh, exercises or anything um, for me and any other introverts that are listening to be able to take the opportunity to express what we feel we may be able to bring to the discussion. Thank you. Thank you for that, Joshua. So, um, uh, Brian, do you want to answer this one, Brian? Um, yeah. I know I this is just, a lot of the work that you do. Yeah. I just, if, it's, if it's in a work environment, it's all about the, the, almost preparation in, in advance is quite helpful. If you know what's coming up, talking to the people organising everything, I've got some views on this. And can be really, can be really helpful that you want to be involved in the... The, 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 the discussion going on. It's also around in actually in the meeting saying, okay, I've got something to say and, and not and setting aside the thing or embarrassing the, the conversation moving on and going, having saying, oh, can we just bring the conversation back a step? I just want to ask a question around something that was talked about two or three minutes ago. Um, and often you may 
often you will find other people there will appreciate you taking the time to slow down the the the, the conversation so everyone has time to think through it. Finding the, the right right way and knowing who's controlling the meeting and addressing your comments to, to, to towards the relevant person and just being willing to, to stick your hand up going, can we just pause, take it back and have a look at this area again? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Do, do you want to add something, Pete? Uh, just one very quick tip. It's horrible, isn't it, sitting in a meeting um, with the gaze of, you know, a dozen other people perhaps around the table looking at you when you're trying to pluck up courage to introduce a topic or say something. I find something really useful is to prepare a, a, a sheet of paper with an infographic or a drawing or a mind map or something of the topic that you want to talk about and the points you want to make and to actually table that, to put it on the table or introduce it on the whiteboard on Zoom. And that immediately takes the gaze away from you for a moment while people are absorbing what you've just put in front of them and can help build your confidence and help you just get that vital few seconds to regain your energy before talking to whichever document you've introduced. So just that notion of having something to avert the gaze, to take people's eyes off you and, and gain a moment to breathe uh, and then you'll find that it's much easier actually then to begin talking about the subject that you you want to introduce with passion to the group. Thanks for that, Pete. And thank you to such a wonderful panel for sharing your insights. Thank you for everybody that has um, come up and asked questions, for all those of you who are listening in. Um, do connect with each of the speakers, um, follow them on LinkedIn because they all share great insights. They're all doing amazing things. Um, so do connect with them, follow them. Um, and just to wrap up, I know it's now, we're now two minutes over. So I'll just ask each of the panel members just to very, very briefly share one last thought. Um, I'll go around. Pete, do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, I think primarily for me it's remember you're not alone. Um, do whatever you can to to gather the support of all the other quiet people you have around you. The, the power of that collective voice is amazing. Make sure you use it. Thank you for that. I think Yinka's gone. So, Brian? Yeah, just really building on what Pete said. It's really, ultimately, it's focusing on your strengths. You, you know what your strengths are and focusing on those and seeing how where they add real value and Therefore, that therefore you can find more more success through using your strengths rather than focusing what other people have. Thank you for that, Brian and Mildred. It's got to be my three words: start being visible, and just remember that you don't have to do it in the way that extroverts do. There is a way to be visible and stay true to your nature as an introvert and not get burnt out and not feel like you're putting on a false identity. You can do it and you definitely should. And I'm celebrating you as you go on that journey. Thank you for that, Mildred. And my last thoughts are to those leaders, organisations, um, to look at how you're, whether you're engaging all your team members, whether some are being left out, whether you're not getting the best of them because your systems and processes are set up not to allow them to give their best selves. So have a complete review of all your structures and your systems to make sure that you are being truly inclusive. 
and to those who are introverted, who are fighting or seem to be struggling against a system that doesn't enable them to be their best, is to, as well, has been touched on before, utilise your strengths. We're more, um, we're more um, empowered, we're more motivated, we're more engaging, we're more passionate when we utilise our strengths. Um, so utilise your strengths, recognise your superpowers. Introversion isn't something that you need to get over. Be introvert and proud and be your authentic self. So thank you, everybody. Um, thank you for listening. Do, like I said, check out each of the speakers, follow their content. Um, I, I write a newsletter here on LinkedIn called Quietly Visible publish it once a week. I also have a podcast, the Quietly Visible podcast. I'm always looking for speakers for my podcast. And if anybody's interested in speaking on my podcast, then as being a guest on my podcast, do send me a, a private message. So thank you and goodbye. So thank you for listening. And if you want to increase your confidence, influence and impact, then go to my website, aboundingsolutions.com. There's a free assessment on there that you can complete that will give you ideas about areas that you can focus on. And I hope you've enjoyed listening to this session. Um, I may do a part two um, sometime soon because there was quite a, a, a great demand for it. And I know that because it was broadcast live on uh, Thanksgiving in the US, many of my connections and followers on LinkedIn were unable to attend live and I know they would like have liked to have participated so I may think about doing a part two. So until the next time, bye!